Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of the Yacking Show, Harmony, your path to wholeness channel. This is a channel that brings you interesting guests to help you with all aspects of living a healthy and happy and fruitful life. But it's not my job to introduce guests. Kathleen does it a lot better than I do. So first, hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you for that intro. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have a special guest with us today. We are very lucky to welcome John Wilson to the show. Hello, John. How are you? Hi there, Kathleen. I'm just great. I'm so happy to be here with you, Peter. That's good. That's good. Now, John is a biochemist that has worked in the occupational health field for many years, but now focuses on guiding uh, people to live better and longer lives. So, John, let's just jump right in. How exactly do you go about doing that? Can you explain? Well, it's a, it, it could be a long story, but I'll make it as short as I can. Um, I was working, as you mentioned, in the Ministry of Labor for Ontario, um, we had a downsizing. Um, I had to let everybody work for me and my team go. A year later, it was my turn. And I got a call from a recruiter who said there's a company that's expanding a new division into Canada from the United States. Uh, given your background, I think they'd want to talk to you. But is there any chance at all that you would ever look at something outside of the government? And given the circumstances, I would have normally I would have said, no, I'm perfectly happy. Thanks for calling. Um, I just asked her one question. Where do you want to have coffee? Mm-hmm. Um, that she introduced me to some people and, who were working with the company uh, in Toronto. I met them. Uh, I, I, that's when I discovered that it wasn't a job opportunity. It was a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. And uh, the division they were bringing into Canada was a nutrition division. They had already long established a, a worldwide uh, as a worldwide leading uh, beauty brand, but they were now expanding into nutrition and wellness. And that has really, really blossomed over the years. Um, I was intrigued um, because it was a type of business that I'd never seen before. It was direct selling, and I didn't have to have a franchise. I didn't have any financial fees, anything like that, no overhead, no inventory. Um, And I thought, well, this makes so much sense. Uh, And I won't go into uh, uh, my experience with the products right now, but it blew my mind. And so my 30 years with that company, I have just more and more and more in almost incredulous at the quality of the science and the engineering and the the formulations in their products, both on the beauty side and the, the skincare side. So mm-hmm. I am passionate about helping people stay younger, longer. My philosophy is die young as late in life as possible as possible <laughs> good philosophy mm-hmm. yeah so i i'm going to slip in a little personal anecdote here for our audience and for kathleen's benefit and that's how john and i met and uh we were standing in the line waiting for a buffet lunch at a function in toronto and i think it was probably 10 or more years ago and the line moved very slowly so it gave us quite a good chance to have a very long chat while we were in the line 
And we've stayed in touch ever since. And John's been up to Woodstock, where I live, and visited me a couple of times. And now we've got John on the show. So I think the point I'm trying to make is that it's amazing how little connections and meetings uh, can turn into something very fruitful many years later and give one a lot of enjoyment in the interim. So again, John, I'm very glad we met like that. And thanks for being here. So my question I think you you will enjoy this one. What's the biggest single factor that preventing people, most people, from enjoying long and healthy lives, in your opinion? Well, there are a lot of factors, um, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would, if I had to pick one, that would be uh, diet and nutrition. Mm -hmm. That's there are a couple of other biggies, but I would say that is the single biggest one, and it's why, and because of that. It's why we have a, a a pandemic, really, of uh, of, of ill health mm-hmm. uh, in North, particularly in North America. Um, I like to think of the U.S. as probably being the worst in the world uh, of developed countries. Um, Canada's a little better, but not great. Europe's much better in general, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, places like Okinawa uh, mm-hmm. and things like that. There, it's they're spectacularly better. Uh, but the big, biggest single problem for uh, with respect to food and, and diet in North America is the ma- a majority of people don't eat much in the way of real food. Mm-hmm. They eat pretty well completely manufactured food and junk food. And so the nutritional quality of their diet is so poor that they um, suffer prematurely from uh, diseases uh, of aging which shouldn't don't need to happen for a lot later in life than they're happening today. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think you're, I think you're right. And um, you, you mentioned several other big ones, lack of exercise. Does that figure quite high up there? Lack of exercise would be number two. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, we've evolved a culture over the last hundred years uh, where we've moved from people working physically hard most of the day mm-hmm. to people not doing any physical work of any kind. Um, in fact, even walking, um, unless somebody intent, has an intention to do walking, basically the only exercise that some people get is to walk from their house to their car and from their car to the office elevator and then to their office, mm-hmm. and then they sit in a chair, or if they're at home, they don't even do that, <laughs> because right. remote work now, and hybrid work, they're sitting like I am right now, eight, 10, 12 hours in a chair in front mm-hmm. of a screen. Absolutely. Um, that's a disaster for good health long-term. Sure. No, I agree with you, 100%. Mm-hmm. Back to you, Kathleen. You've described somewhere, John, that uh, about having a dramatic win over a deadly illness. Do you mind sharing that story with us? Certainly, um, for two reasons. One, it's it's given me far more, having this happen to me and recovering um, has motivated me even more to help people. And the story itself, I find, really helps people because it gives them something positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have some, if they have a similar kind of of potentially deadly health problem. Mm-hmm. Now, I was um, I had a spot on my left shin, mm-hmm. 
an odd place to get a melanoma, which is what it was. Um, but I had, and it had been there for 25 years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it never changed, never paid any attention to it. Um, but then it started to change a little bit. And I went to a, to, to a family doctor who said, no, that's nothing, go away. Um, okay. I it changed a little more. I went to another family doctor who said, no, that's nothing, go away. Um, it changed a lot more. In fact, it, it, the skin on the surface came off and it didn't heal. Oh. Uh, it didn't make a scab. And that's when I knew this is seriously wrong. And I went to another family doctor and he said, I don't think it's a problem. But I, and then I said, I'm not leaving until I get an appointment with a dermatologist. And then they lost my phone number. So it took me another couple of months to get to the dermatologist. Now it's been about six months from the time I started wondering about this spot till I'm finally getting to the dermatologist. And he says, and this guy's a good dermatologist and he well, top guy in Toronto. And he said, hmm, I don't know if that's anything, but you know what? I'm going to do a punch biopsy. Two days later, he called me and I could tell from his voice he was in an absolute panic. He said, this isn't anything like I would have expected. Um, you need to see a surgeon like now. Wow. And I'm book solid. I can't do it, but I can get you to a guy at Humber River in two days. And so two days later, I was lying on an examining table at Humber River Hospital and the surgeon was, was holding a piece of paper, which I was pretty certain was a pathology report. And he said, well, John, after he introduced himself, he said, well, John, if I don't take this out, this will kill you. And I said, you have my attention. <laughs> do you, yeah. to, do you yeah. want to do a general anesthetic tomorrow or do you want to do local anesthetic? And I'll do it right now. And I said, let's do it right now. So for 45 minutes, we had a really good talk. Um, well, he's, he busied himself uh, taking a, a piece out of my shin about like that. Yeah. Wide margin. Wow. The, the spot was about the size of a dime. Um, so you've got to take out about two inches across on each mm -hmm. side. Of it. Uh, and then a big chunk of skin out of my thigh so you could graft that into and, and sew it up and put me in a boot and sent me home and said, you can't move except to go to the bathroom for the next three weeks. Just lay on the couch with your foot on a pillow and don't move. I don't want those stitches disturbed. Um, came back in three, he said, come back in three weeks. Went back in three weeks. Uh, he took off the dressing. I said it looked like like raw hamburger. And it was this was the beginning of an interesting sequence of stories that I was experiences I was I was about to have. He looked at it, he went, Wow, looked at me and says, What are you taking? And I went, what? And he says, well, John, I've done hundreds and hundreds of these surgeries. You see these little white spots, little white specks in the wound? Those are new skin cells. They shouldn't be there yet. I have never, ever seen somebody start to heal in three weeks. So what are you doing? I need to know. And um, that, that was an interesting experience. So... Um, he did get the pathology on that tumor that he took out and it was melanoma and it was just deep enough that uh, in the skin that he said, you need to go to Princess Margaret and have lymph node biopsy. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is my, when I started to become an absolute expert in melanoma of mm -hmm. the skin.
And I studied a lot and I wrote a lot pages and pages and pages of notes and read a lot of papers. Thank goodness I'm a scientist and a biochemist by training because I could actually read the papers and understand them. Right. Uh, went to see the surgeon and he said, Yeah, we'll, we'll book a time and it'll take an hour or so and you'll wake up and I'll take out one or two lymph nodes and we'll see what happens. Well, I woke up and he said, Well, I took out three and I thought, hmm, three's not better than one or two, I don't think. Got the pathology report in three, two or three weeks. I uh, went to see him and he says, well, John, you got microscopic metastases. That means little tiny melanoma cells that have gone from my shin to the inflows in my left groin. Oh. They act like a filter and they catch those mm. cells that are migrating through the lymph system of your body. That's why they go to the lymph nodes to look to see have any cells got away from that primary tumor where do we get it all? And he says, hmm, I'm going to take out all the rest of your lymph nodes in your left groin. Now, if you do that, that would take, that would actually disable me periodically for the rest of my life because there's nowhere to lymph for lymph to go from the leg and the leg mm -hmm. would swell up like a pole um, once mm -hmm. in a while, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so I said, well, not until I do my research. So again, I went and read all these papers and, and, and the kind of, the, the almost miracles that occurred with me on this story. Um, there was a paper published two weeks prior to me going into Google and looking from UCLA, the biggest survey ever of 10-year survival time with melanoma with or without lymph node resection, in other words, surgical removal of lymph nodes. And those guys said, uh, there is, if, this, if, the, if the, the, the metastases in the lymph node are smaller than a certain size, there's no time, no difference in survival time over 10 years, whether you take the lymph nodes out or you leave them. Um, okay. You shouldn't yeah. do the surgery in those cases. And most of the ones that I had, there were only a few, were smaller than that size. So I went back to the surgeon at, at Princess Mark and I said, here's five reasons why you're not going to do any surgery on me. <laughs> and he was kind of dumbfounded. And, and all he said to me was one thing. He said, well, Two things he said is one, you 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 know there are other options, and that's all he said. He wasn't going to say anything about anything other, you know, non-surgical approaches to dealing with cancer. And he sent me off to see the medical oncology guy. So I was talking to the head of medical oncology for uh, Princess Margaret, and uh, he examined me, did my blood labs and all that. And he said to me, John, um, I was 68 at the time. He said, I have never had a male patient, and I've had hundreds and hundreds of male patients that, like you, they all have multiple comorbidities uh, in addition to cancer. He said, and we were knowing, we knew each other quite well by this time. He was kind of laughing. He said, you know, other than having stage four cancer, you're in absolutely perfect health. And I don't understand. He didn't want to know. But he didn't understand. And um, so he said, we'll just follow you with CT. Because I, I told him I'm not doing I'm not doing the surgery. And I didn't qualify for any um, medical clinical trials of drugs, you know, therapy drugs, um, because you had to have all your lymph nodes out to qualify. All right. So he said, all we can do is monitor you with CT scans. Uh, every every quarter, we'll do a CT scan, and we'll, he says you'll have an increased risk of cancer when you're 95. But 
I don't think we're worried about that right now. So for three years, I was fine, nothing. And then I went for a checkup with him after the CT scan at that point. And he said, hmm, John, you have a little spot on your right lung. Not a good thing because that's usually the first place melanoma goes when it finally spreads. So I can't get at that though. So come back in two more months and we'll do another scan. Two months came back. I now had half a dozen tumors in the right lung, several in the left lung, and two of my abdominal wall. Wow. So what happens with melanoma once it gets going. Okay. And uh, he said, well, luckily, John, we're, we're, we're having this conversation now, not four years ago, because four years ago, I would have had to tell you there was nothing we can do, and you're going to have less than a year to live. And however, OHIP now pays for immunotherapy, and, and it's quite good. You are so incredibly healthy that you'll probably do much better than typical. But again, I went back and did, and I, I said, he said, you know, there's several different drugs, single drugs or combination drugs. And I said, well, let me go do my research before we decide. So again, I read a lot of every paper I could find on immunotherapy for melanoma, mm. wrote pages and pages of notes, came back and said, okay, doctor, I think this drug and this drug in combo. And he kind of looked at me strangely and he said, hmm. That was what I was going to recommend. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that we're really on the same wavelength, right? Mm -hmm. So normally, it turns out the, the minimum anybody ever has treatment for is six months of immunotherapy for stage four melanoma. Uh, usually it's 12 to 18 months, sometimes as long as two years. Um, I was completely cancer-free in three months. Wow. Yeah, wow. I had three rounds of immunotherapy at Princess Margaret. You sit in the chin. It's much like chemotherapy, but it's a different kind of drug. Mm -hmm. They stick a needle in your arm and you sit there for two hours and they drip this from a bag into your body and you go home. And I did that the end of July, the end of August, the end of September, the first week of October I had um, of that year. I had a CT scan and an MRI and nothing anywhere. Gone. Ah. Wow, wow, wow. Mm. And every oncology nurse and every oncologist that I've ever talked to mm -hmm. has said, that's not, that never happens. No one's, right. and for their knowledge, no one had ever done that. Wow, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of a poster boy for how to live if you're going to get cancer and survive. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not everybody survives every kind of cancer. Sure. But melanoma was a particular is if if when it goes stage four, uh, without immunotherapy, I would say probably close to ninety percent of people died. Wow! With immunotherapy, it's much 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 better. Uh, mm -hmm. But if your immune system is still in poor shape, and the, and for the reasons we talked about at the beginning of this interview, mm -hmm. most adults in North America, particularly after he's fifty or sixty, um, their immune systems are anywhere from poor to crappy. Mm -hmm. uh, and if that's why the immunotherapy can take much, much so longer. So long, much longer, right, and right. My wish is three months, and the only reason I can think of is my immune system was so strong, so powerful, once the immunotherapy drugs stopped the tumor cells from hiding, because that's what the, the melanomas evolved a way to hide from your immune system. 
Mm-hmm. So your immune system can't see it, so it can't attack it. Mm-hmm. But once that signal stopped and my immune cells could see it, within weeks, all those, all those tumor cells were gone. Every tumor mm-hmm. cell in my body was dead. So uh, that's why I'm so passionate about let's help people live healthy longer, help their immune systems get stronger and stay stronger. So if anything like this happens, or the big C word, which we won't, other C word, COVID, which we don't want to talk about, you have a much, much, much better chance. Mm -hmm. I did get get COVID, by the way, and I slept for 36 hours, woke up and... Right. And when I get the flu, it's no more than 12 hours. Right. So, but John, do you put this down now to your 25, 30 years of your... Uh, living healthily with the correct nutrition and the and supplements and that is that why your immune system is so good? Do you believe? Yes, it's not yeah. genes. It's not genes. My younger brother has almost died three times now. Wow! Uh, from chronic illnesses. Um, wow. He listens to me now, and he's. I'm smart. sure. Right. But I'm it, sure. Took a long, it took a long time. He almost died three times before he said, "Okay, John. Okay, I'll, I'll pay attention to what you say." Mm-hmm. Uh, wow! And and I've had lots of clients who have recovered from, and I'm not making any claims, okay? No medical mm-hmm. claims of any kind. I'm just sure. saying, for whatever reason, I've had clients who had terminal illnesses where their doctors told them that they, there's a little chance of their survival, and they've survived. They've survived. Wow, incredible. And, yeah, you know, we, yeah. We're running low on time. Okay. I know. Oh, yeah. I knew so this would be, I'd talk too much. No, but that's, <laughs> what, what a story. That That is incredible, and and well done. Well, congratulations for getting through that. So here's one for you. It, it's it's on topic of uh, of longevity. I've read and and from my own experience farming and being a large and small animal owner most of my life that most mammals live between five and eight times the age of physical maturity. Yes. So dogs, big dogs, live to about ten, eleven. Small dogs can go up to sixteen, seventeen. Horses mature at five and live to sometimes 40, right? So that would indicate that humans should live past 100. Mm-hmm. So do you think that with the correct nutrition and uh, looking after ourselves, most people should live to 100? I think it depends. The, 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 it's, a, it's a complicated question. It depends on your genes. Yeah. Um, but I would say for 90, for, my guess is only about 10% of the population that get a disease that's inherited, that's Mm -hmm. genetic, okay? Most diseases, most chronic diseases that are killing people today are lifestyle-related diseases. Right. I think most people would agree with that. Yep. Um, Normal, typical lifespan today in high-income countries is generally in the 80s. Um, you know, 80, between 80, 85, sometimes in the best countries, maybe late 80s. Um, but humans, we know humans can live to 110 plus because mm-hmm. there are super agers, they call them, who do typically live to be about 110. Now, the interesting thing with them is they stay healthy until within six months to a year of dying. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. very difficult. I had a client like that. She was 104 and still going to the cottage every summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. She died at 105. But until she was about 104 and a half, she was fine. But then all of a sudden, everything just went. Now, to me, that indicates, and that happens to a lot of people who 
have a, either the genes or the lifestyle mm -hmm. that promotes the gene expression. Now, you're born with a set of genes that you can't change. But sure. everything you do in your lifestyle mm -hmm. will tend to change the activity level of individual genes in your DNA. We call right. that gene expression. Yes. Yes. And lots of research has been done mm -hmm. now to show that gene expression can change in a way which accelerates aging and disease, or it can change in a way which retards the incidence okay. of aging yeah. and disease. Okay. So I think if you had optimal gene expression, most people, probably 90% of the population, would at least have an opportunity to live, I believe, healthy past 80, 90, and maybe even to 100. Um, they're right. still going to die, but they're not, they're not sick at age 50 or 60. Right. They're not on six drugs at age 65, and they're not in a nursing home at age 80. Right. Sure. So, John, sure. how do you how exactly do you help people? Um, is it's basically a consultation that you have with them about yeah. what they're eating, about their lifestyle yes. choices, and all of that, and you go through that with it's them. I kind have of a questionnaire, but I also have the only technology in the world. The company mm -hmm. I'm working with has all the patents on the biophotonic scanner. The biophotonic scanner can, in 30 seconds, by shining a blue light in the palm of your hand. Measure the level of antioxidants in your body. Now, we know lots of science from the 60s on that show, generally speaking, the higher the level of antioxidants in your body, the longer you're going to live healthy. Not necessarily the longer you're going to live, but the mm -hmm. longer you're going to live healthy. Right. And the antioxidants, generally speaking, come from fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the more fruits and vegetables you eat, the higher the score when I measure you with the scanner. Right. So I do that, that tells me a lot. Then there's a question, basically an interview of, you know, what are your concerns, any issues, what's your diet like, what's your lifestyle like, exercise, sleep, um, food, that sort of thing. What kind of work do you do? Mm -hmm. um, that, all of that, right? And then uh, it depends then, of course, on the person's level of interest, what they want to do. Some people, quite fr frankly, don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I had one one woman, classic example, a smoker all her life. Her, her face was a mass of wrinkles. I thought for sure she was 80. She told me, she, I asked her her age, she was 55. Wow. Um, and that's when I knew, okay, this is a problem. And I scanned her, her score was terrible, of course, because she hasn't... All that cigarette smoking is destroying all the antioxidants in her body every day. Mm -hmm. But you know what? She didn't want to talk about nutrition at all. She just yeah. wanted to know, do I have something for wrinkles? Wow. wow. So there are people like that, okay? Sure, sure. Um, and there are people who are afraid of change. Um, but for people who are open, want change, are motivated, yes. Then we talk about lifestyle change, and we talk about nutrition, diet, mm -hmm. and we talk about supplementation. Um, okay. Again, I have access to phenomenal supplements that can alter gene expression. Right. Mm. So, leading on from that, John, um, I know I know from my own experience, a lot of people don't want to make any changes at all. But yes. in gen in general, would you say that people are waking up in the general population and and realizing they need to take responsibility for their own health? 
or, or am I just wish? Is that just wishful thinking on my part? I think people are waking up to the to the understanding that lifestyle is related to health, mm-hmm. but there's not an overwhelming wave of people saying I'm responsible for my health. Okay. One of the things when I count when I counsel people when I'm meeting with them, one of the things I tell them is you are responsible for your health. And mm-hmm. you can't believe how many times they say, no, 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 no. My doctor is responsible for my health. So they understand that they're healthy until they go to their doctor who does a blood panel, looks at the numbers on the screen and says, uh, Mary, um, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And reaches for a, his or her subscription pad. And I've had them do this mm-hmm. without any talk, consultation, explanation i'm writing you this prescription go to the pharmacy and get it that's right. it and yeah. they go oh good now i'm going to be healthy again thank that's you right, right. now um, does it that's not making them healthy it's right. keeping no. them alive. not at all exactly so so john we're noticing a a rising interest in alternative health remedies and treatments. Yes. Do you think this is because of some distrust in conventional medicine? Well, yes, that I, I think there is a, 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 a largely growing awareness that even people who are taking drugs, mm-hmm. and sometimes they must be taking those drugs. Don't, I'm not trying to say don't take drugs, okay? Sometimes you have to. There is no option. Um, but even they're saying, you know, but is there something else? Now, one of the biggest problems, and you might be going to ask this as a follow-on question, Kathleen, is that um, what people do say to me is, but I don't pay for my drugs. If I buy your products or I go to a naturopath mm-hmm. or right. go to another integrated medicine practitioner of some sort, they may help me, but I'm going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That is the single biggest impediment. I right. think. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That is a problem. Yeah. We are running out of time. So, um, I, Kathleen, you want to ask John? Well, John, how do people contact you? Oh, they can, thanks for asking. <laughs> Kathleen, they can, they can contact me at my email. Okay. That's mm-hmm. John at, I've got multiple emails. John at J O H N Kingbird Group.com. Okay. Okay. You okay. can also find me on Facebook okay. at John Russell Wilson, Russell R U S S E L L, or on LinkedIn, John okay. Wilson. They can find me there as well. Okay. Great. That's perfect. And for our audio listeners, all of those details will be in the description on whatever platform you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, and all the other big ones. It'll be there. Thank you from me, John. That's that's great. Very interesting. And what a fascinating story that you mm-hmm. told us about your own experience. Absolutely. Back to thank Kathleen. You, Peter. Thank you. And, and thank you, Kathleen. And uh-huh. thank you for the opportunity because I am very passionate about helping people.
And you know, it, it shines right through. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yep. It really was uh, an inspiring story, uh, a very interesting one. So thank you. And thank you all once again for tuning into our show. We so appreciated having you. If anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form and we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye.